Ah, yes, friends, on a Thursday, maybe you'll hear this on Friday, because as we promised you, we came in, we switched it up this week a little bit on OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where I'm your host, Adam Armbrecht, also covering the Brooklyn Nets for the Locked On Nets Podcast, joined by the generational New York Football Giants season ticket holder. Fanamania is uh, the nickname in the streets for this guy. Healthy, wealthy, and wise, Mr. Andrew Makowitz. I'm healthy and wise, but my internet is not. And so that's why I'm in a different location now, Adam. But uh, yes, I'm excited. We're only a couple of weeks out from real games, the ones that actually matter in the win-loss column. Um, but tons of news going on with the Giants leading up to uh, this weekend's game against the Patriots. Usually when they say, coming to you live on location, that's what Andy's doing right now. But it's just coming to you live on location from a different location in the same location. That's the nature of technology, friends, but we sort through it. You're right. This is um, so obviously dress rehearsal, another week where the Giants are enjoying practices now with the New England Patriots. You expect to get some good reps out there, some positives around Daniel Jones already, some nice touchdowns, had an interception too. You expect those kind of things, but had some good work getting in this week, last preseason game before we we get to the real deal. And I think the, the first thing we're going to start with is some injury updates for a couple of players, one both positive ultimately, but one concerning one uh, with a player getting back out on the field and Adoree Jackson. So he, he tweaks an ankle. We're going to put it that way because all indications are that he's going to be all right. It's not serious. And he'll be out there for week one, which is a positive. But I think that this kind of highlights the, the nature of training camp and preseason games and, and all this work that's going into it is all of a sudden, if that had been a serious injury, it would change your entire perspective on this Giants defense and what the expectations are because Adori represents the solidifying of the cornerback spot, right? Not, not going to be Yadam this year, traded him away, not going to be some scrap heap guy. No, this is a stud, maybe the best corner on the market, went out, got him, paired him with Bradbury, and in the blink of an eye, you go, well, maybe we have a problem. And luckily, it seems like it's going to be okay, but did you have that panic of concern of going, Remember when I thought this could be a top six defense potentially this year? Let's go ahead and make that top 12. Well, it's funny how quickly you can go from like, man, we have an embarrassment of riches at the cornerback position to like one tweaked ankle from like, what are we going to do on the outside? Like we traded away Yedem. Like Darnay Holmes is more of a slot guy. Aaron Robinson's hurt. Or Darius Williams is a rookie. It, we're going to pull Logan Ryan or Julian Lovin. Like that completely derails the plan of having – like superior depth at cornerback. So like I kind of went from, wow, that's a really strong part of our team to like, it gets thin quickly. Like when you're talking about number two and that, and that stresses the importance of the Adoree Jackson signing is like, it's been a revolving door on the other side of Bradbury since he got here. And it's like, finally we had someone that like locks down the other side. We can focus our attention elsewhere. The second he tweaks an ankle, you're like, the plan has all gone awry, right? Like that's the first thing that I, that I thought of. Oh, of course. And you go, like you say, it's a uh, Radarius Williams. Are you ready to step up to a prominent role after being a late round draft pick? Because, you know, we know Aaron Robinson is still coming back from his injury concerns and he's considered a slot guy. So you start shuffling this deck and you're like, who wants a taste? And it feels so much like last year or the year prior, right? At, at, well, the, the thing that immediately came to my mind is like, okay, so Radarius Williams is going to immediately week one suit up against either Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, or KJ Hamler. Like right out of the gate week one, you're like, oh, great. Like everything that we planned for now, we have a rookie mid round pick going up against like a potentially all, all, you know, pro type of wide receiving core. It, 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 it was not a, a really good thought to have, but thankfully it sounds like it's a minor tweak. 
not something super serious, which could have been like a six to eight week thing. You know, those high ankle sprains can really get you, especially at a position like cornerback. And the one thing I'll say is keep an eye on it, right? Because it's the kind of thing where, okay, you you hope that these next two full weeks, right? Yeah, you still have a lot of time here. Three weeks, technically, if you include from when the injury occurred, whatever, before he has to get out there week one. Like, let's make sure that ankle's 100% because you'd hate to see something like that be kind of a nagging thing uh, that Jackson's dealing with throughout the year. The positive is, and l- listen, as far as getting down roster cuts and all that good stuff, we know that unfortunately, uh, your boy Rice and John, I said I, <laughs> I tried to go silver lining at the time. Turns out that silver lining is black as the, the night sky on Halloween because he's going to be done. Uh, we also saw Hikatini got outright released. He had a concern around the hip, but maybe this is all in conjunction with positive feedback, uh, obviously around uh, one Caden Smith and what he's been able to do. And then it's Kyle Rudolph. You know, it was just last week, a week and a half ago, when you were hearing from Dave Gettleman and everyone was saying, boy, that contract's going to be pretty brutal if all of a sudden this guy can't go. And I start to get this thing. We said this even going back to last year. This is a Joe Judge run New York football Giants team. You're not going to know which way is up with anything. Like it's going to be close to the vest. You're not going to really hear what it is until the move gets made. All of a sudden, Kyle Rudolph is back out there. He's on the field. He cleared the physical, so he's ready to play. Now ramping him up for for real football action, sure. Maybe that's going to take all the way to week one, maybe even through that. But the bottom line is if he is ready to get back out there, now our little tight end group is exactly what we thought it was going to be. Evan Ingram, Rudolph, Caden Smith, set to go, and that's a a positive on the offensive side. You know, what's, what's interesting, and we've talked about this before, is like, the Giants reshape their entire offense, and it starts with the signing of Kenny Galladay, the signing of Kyle Rudolph, the drafting of Kadarius Tony, the the comeback for Saquon Barkley, and like we haven't seen any of them so far in the preseason, right? Like that's that's like almost all of our weapons outside of Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, right? Like we're talking about more guys on the pra- like injury and IR and and not practicing and not being in games for the majority of training camp and all of these preseason games. The nice thing about seeing, you know, Rudolph come off, come off of this and, and start practicing is it means he's close. There's yeah. a, they're non-committal about week one. I think I feel better about him playing week one, seeing him practice today than ever before. You know, there's some screenshots going around that like Kyle Rudolph's wife or family was like, don't worry, he'll be out there for week one, like talking to someone else, like, you know, Galladay not practicing and not doing anything is starting to be a little bit more of a concern um, than the Rudolph injury. And who would have thought that, you know, when the contracts were signed, considering Rudolph had major foot surgery almost two months ago. Yeah, no, that that, that definitely lingers over top of. And again, it's all these things you say you don't want to react until we're there, right? And it's going to be basically leading up to week one. What do they say about Barkley? What do they say about Kenny Galladay? Is everyone on track? Maybe it's not going to be immediate, but everything looks positive. Like all these little check marks. I mean, obviously we, we want to see everybody be out there. I think Saquon Barkley is a little bit easier to have the, the cautious approach as opposed to Kenny Galladay. You go, listen, we, we brought you in, buddy. It's a hamstring. Like, let's clean this thing up. And hamstrings, again, those are one of those lingering type of injuries that can last into the season. So we'll see how it plays out. At least we got some positives around some key starters. As we uh, took a little bit of attention on on what we got out of these joint practices now between the Patriots and uh, the Giants, yeah, Adam, how excited were you to read the headline that Jones is tearing up joint practices against the Patriots? Like this is what we've been hoping for 
for the whole offseason is to get great news about the quarterback, Jones, tearing it up. Like, how pumped were you to hear that? It's everything you want to see and more, and the details on it, it just really starts to bolster you, gets you feeling bullish about what you're going to see from Daniel. Now, that I have that? I was just reading the first name again here. It may be a little, I think it's a typo here. They had the wrong first name in front of Jones. Wait, did they, did they do they have a nickname for Daniel? Are they calling him Daniel Mac Jones now? Yeah, that, that's, that's a new one. They're off of Danny Dimes now. They're going with Daniel uh, Mac Jones, I assume, because Mac Jones has been tearing up the action between uh, the teams in joint practices. So I listen, tongue in cheek, because this is like a double down, right? Mac Jones tearing it up. That's awesome. Also. Like, this is the thing when you're not live at these practices and live at these joint sessions, you don't know what, who are they going up against? If it's the number ones for the giants, what are the giants trying to run and work on different schemes? And I'm not even taking good for Mac Jones. Right. But I, this is the thing where you can't read too much into any of these little bullet points that come out of sometimes from these joint practices beyond team looks good, playing solid, running nice sets. Well, Adam, I mean, I agree with you and we overhype a lot of the practice stuff because that's all we have to go on right now. We just really want football back. So we just, we just grasp at anything we hear, but you know, you hear it from Jordan Renan, you know, beat writer for, for the giants that like Mac Jones diced and sliced the giants defense. Any way you put it, he was like, there's no way to sugarcoat this. He looked amazing out there. You have the Patriots beat writer. One of, one of the main beat writers saying, if Cam Newton takes a, regular season snap for any reason other than Mac Jones, like physically unable to perform his duties with like broken legs or his arm falls off. He's going to have a mutiny. Like that's, these are all the beat writers that are watching the practices. They're basically saying like, no, no, no. Mac Jones looks like the real deal. And it's fine. If that's the story that's coming out of, out of camp, I prefer that story over man. Daniel Jones does not look good at all. Right. Like, (laughs) Like you can compliment Mac Jones all you want. Great. We're going to play them in the preseason. They're in the AFC. We may have to see them like once in the entire season. It's like, it'd be more concerning if Daniel Jones was supposed to be out there for 17 games for us. They're like, man, he can't throw a ball. The Patriots are, are destroying him. The offensive line is crumbling behind him. Like I'm fine giving some praise to, to a young rookie in training camp, as long as it's not at the you know detriment to what we're trying to build with, with Daniel Jones. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. The funny thing is that, like, all this praise that they're they're heaping onto Mac Jones, it looks like he's going to be the long term. I was just on uh, with DPN, Dear Pat's Nation, with Ray Rout, former uh, sportscaster coworker, and I, I got on there to do a little spot about the Giants. You can find them over on YouTube. Search uh, uh, Dear Pat's Nation if you want to get just great content in general. But when you're talking about that, like all of these narratives around camp and stuff, remember, like, t- People covering the Patriots and the fans in general don't necessarily look at Cam Newton and think he's a guy that can lead us to the playoffs and we can have success with, right? He had a really weird season last year and some that's even carried over with some of the issues he's had being on the field this season for COVID related uh, uh, reasons. But Cam Newton, barring these, these internal things that maybe are going on, he's starting the season as the quarterback. Like all these beat writers that are hyping this dude up, like this is preseason. Like I'm just... The whole premise was we don't want Mac Jones to start the year. The whole premise is Bill Belichick does not start rookie quarterbacks. Like it's just not the template that they go with. And even if the switch happens after one game, after one week, Bill Belichick, as we've talked about before, the Patriots are not a team that worry about the first four weeks of the season. So guess what? 
I don't care if we go two and two or if, if we went one and three, if it's getting Mac Jones all the way fully to that point where when he finally steps on the field in a real game scenario, he can hit the ground running. I'm going to sacrifice those first handful of games before I move on from Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, we are a Giants podcast, but I, I will, you know, entertain this conversation with you. I think you're out on a, on a limb here. Adam, in your thought, because Cam Newton has looked good all 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 off season as well. Like he hasn't done anything to say like, oh, he doesn't he doesn't have it. You know, he doesn't have it. He's completely fallen off a cliff. Like it basically looks like, yeah, he's going to be the Cam Newton of last year. Now with better some better pieces and weapons around him to be more successful. Remember last year, Cam Newton had nothing to work with on that team, and he also did himself some terrible disservice in some of his decision making. Ah, well, I think that's part of the challenge here, Adam, is when you look at last year, Cam Newton didn't even throw for 10 touchdowns and was the starting quarterback of the team. That's a challenge. He ended up going through COVID. You know, th- yeah. th- that was the challenging period. And, and everyone's like, oh, he went through COVID. That's behind him now. You know, take the take the politics and everything else out of it. Cam Newton is not getting vaccinated. He is now out. And the reason why Mac Jones is shining in practice is because Cam Newton needs to be on Zoom calls doing this virtually because he has to quarantine for five days on his own. And when you talk about like, you know, the, the cliche, uh, 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 the best ability is availability. It's like, if you don't know whether or not that quarterback is going to be there for you and he's going to like go do one, you know, go do an appearance or something. And then he's got to sit out for five days. Like if it's a tie, the tie goes to the guy that, you know, has gone through the protocols and, and is, like if something happens, can be back on the field in a day or two. Yeah. And so for me, like the, I, I don't think Cam has done himself a, a, a you know a very good service here to the point where I think the Patriots are like, man, he he's unreliable right now in terms of availability because we don't know what's going to happen. Mac Jones is tearing it up. Like if we just go with this guy, then we're not com- constantly trying to figure out whether or not we have a quarterback there. Sunday when the Giants play the Patriots in the preseason game and Mac Jones gets the first half of the reps, you know, if that's what their plan is, if he looks average to mediocre or if he throws some interceptions, that immediately is going to pivot them back to, listen, there's no reason for us to put this rookie quarterback out there to get slaughtered early in the year as opposed to picking our spot when we want to bring him in. And that doesn't even have to be an opinion on confidence. That doesn't be a vote of confidence in Cam. It can just be a, yeah, we're just good. Go ahead, Cam. Go get your butt kicked, right? And then when you do, when you when you end up having to be quarantined for five days because X, Y, Z, like you said, nothing about anything other than what it's going to cost the team, then guess what? If that happens during the regular season, now we make the move, and now it's easy to move off of it, and you go to the guy that's going to be the future of the franchise. By the way, you throw out, you know, don't throw out stats about quarterbacks from last season because we got one of our own. They didn't necessarily have a great year. And sometimes they throw stats, and who's been starting? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? We get to a whole murky set of waters. Let's highlight just real quick here. I mentioned it uh, on the social. Joe Judge on Saquon Barkley. Listen, you can say that this is just, uh, you know, fodder. But when they asked about him, said he's progressing along nicely, but the goal is to go from, you know, working on the sidelines to working on the field to getting some non-contact reps to getting contact reps and all in this vein of the the pace and style of play is different from practice to joint sessions to preseason games to regular season games to postseason games. And I, you can say that, it, that this is just lip service, but Joe Judge basically said the first and foremost thing is the player's health. Like there is a big difference walking out there week one and having the Denver Broncos defense coming at you a million miles an hour, looking to lay those big hits. That can't be 
the first taste that Saquon gets of real physical contact. So he's going to need to do it on the practice field in the weeks leading up to it before they feel comfortable. That tells me see Saquon Barkley week two at the earliest against the Washington football team, because it as it stands right now, he's not going to play on Sunday against the Patriots. So at best, he's going to start to get some physical activity coming out of that. If he gets physical activity in practice right after this week, after the preseason game, then that's two full weeks before, before the game against the Broncos. And I could say, maybe I can see it, but if you don't see him getting physically hit the week following here, then you're only a week out. And that means the most physical contact you're going to get is one six game stretch before you go to game day against Denver. I don't think that the giants are going to risk that. And it doesn't mean that Saquon can't ramp this thing up over the next two weeks and show that he's ready to roll. I think I would put no matter what his practice schedule is that we see Saquon Barkley week one. I think, you know, he's, he's proven enough that he knows how to run and, and he, you know, some of these practices are are pretty Yeah, I, I think I think he's a full go week one, and I think they've been very coy with how they're positioning Saquon Barkley. There's no point in in really having him out there for more than a handful of carries in the preseason anyway. So if you're like erring on the side of caution and just hold him out, I, I, he's going to be fine, you know, to go out there and perform the way that he has. He looks like the old Saquon. He's doing a bunch of the cuts and practice. But he hasn't even be, he hasn't been in physical contact though. Like he hasn't been hit in in over a year. Do you do you want him to be hit? No, like, no, I'm not. No, I, 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 totally, I, mean? like, I know exactly right. Like, I don't know. I don't want him to be touched. I want him to be in bubble wrap, right? Like we said about even about Kenny Galladay. No, I, I don't want that to be the case in the preseason. But I guess and I've talked about this. I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast before, but remember, they go from the game against Denver, quick turnaround Thursday night against Washington. So, what I really what it comes down to is can he be a full go? This is the scenario that I see. If you want him to be a full go right at the start of the season, five carries, maybe five to seven carries in week one, like at the most, and then seven to 10 carries in week two. And then, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to bring him in from week one going through, then I think you have to have him on the proverbial pitch count as he starts the season and you're building him up, building him up. And as he looks stronger and stronger, you keep you keep letting the leash a little bit more loose. But I just, I do get the idea of being like, you know, we, we got Booker for a reason. We're keeping Clement on this roster for a reason, right? Like it's so that we don't have to put the pressure and all the weight on Saquon Barkley's back. Like I could see them trying to give him a couple of nice home run hits, get him out in space, some pitches, like keep him out away from that contact between the tackles a little bit more and just build your way up to that. Like I'm fine if I'm fine if that's the approach. And I do understand the mentality of, Hey, if you're, if you're going to go, you got to go, right? Like we always say, you can't be out there playing timid and that's how you end up getting injured. I don't think he'll be timid, but I do think the Giants are going to be a little bit timid about how much of a workload they want to throw onto him immediately, especially over that first two weeks where it's a short turnaround. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jordan Renan was, was saying that he wasn't expected to practice yesterday. He's, he's going to be with the Giants today, Thursday morning. They said they're going to get him into live drills today. They said whether live drills means 11 on 11 or 7 on 7, that's to be determined in, in terms yeah. of what he's going to get. But I mean, even if he gets into a couple of seven on seven, 11 on 11 drills, like, you know, I, I understand the speed of a preseason game is also different than a regular season game. But like, as long as he's like kind of getting in the mix there, I think the Giants are like, let's be cautious because we don't want to injure him in a meaningless like preseason game. But also like we need to give him a, just a couple of little reps to get his feet underneath him. And then, yeah, I expect him, if that happens and this progresses a little bit the way that the Giants are talking about it, I think he's got to get 
10 carries in, in week one against Denver, and I'd be surprised if there was anything else. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. And by the way, him him taking a lick in a joint practice from a Patriot in, in real live action will go a long way to me being like, here we go, right? Like, I just, I just need to hear that. I need to hear, he got knocked, and he popped up and went back to the huddle and ran a couple more plays before they switched it up to seven-on-seven seven or one-on-one -on -one drills, et cetera. So we'll keep an eye on it. I, I love, I, I got to tell you, I love Andy Makowitz's optimism around this. This guy is nothing but positivity here on a Thursday. Uh, Sunday takeaways, like I said, we're not going to see uh, Saquon, I wouldn't think. Although, if you're going to tell me that he gets a couple of reps here in joint practices, you can give him two or three just quick carries just so he gets that little taste. I wouldn't hate it. I would, you know, again, got to gotta get ready to play. I'm, pull, I'm uh, pulling we'll you see. over, Adam. I'm pulling you over well, no, to I, it. You're if like, it progresses, yeah, then you got to test him. Yeah, if yeah. I, I, you know, if you're going to do this, I think you have to take the value of having this last preseason game just to have a couple of runs there for him. So I, I, I'm all for it. Um, but you will see Daniel Jones. We're not going to see uh, Kenny Galladay. I mean, just that, you know, is this David Sills? Hey, cement yourself on this roster spot. Um, a guy like CJ Board, you're going to get some looks here. Just confirm that you can be used offensively as well in packages. Like this, this to me is. It sounds weird because you're going from 80 all the way down to 53, but this is very much like if we think we have you marked in to be a player on this 53-man roster, Sunday's first half is the chance for you to go, yep, this is why you have me here, right? Like, And I look around this roster and I think of a guy like Clement, by the way. Guess what's going to happen? If you go out there and you get a handful of carries and you fumble one in this one, watch your back. Because that means the waiver wire is going to be sought after. The Giants are going to look around. Like, they're going to look to do something there because you can only be valuable to a team if you can be relied upon. And I, I, I continue to come back to this, this worry or concern around Corey Clement and just the idea of this guy fumbles once every 33 carries. If Saquon Barkley is not ready to carry a decent load at the start of the season, you're really putting some expectations on him and expectations that could be costly in early season games where you need wins. Yeah, you're right. People, this is going to be the final impression that Joe Judge and the team has of you. And if you're fumbling the ball and it's a trend that has plagued you in your career that has continued in the preseason, that's not a good sign. Um, when I think about Sunday, there's three things that I want to be looking out for. And you go. can tell me if any of them are of importance to you. One is we've been seeing Sills perform with backups and backup quarterbacks and third string quarterbacks. I'd love to see if this connection from Jones to Sills is a real thing. They've been yep. working so hard in the offseason. I really want to see if they have this type of connection because, you know, if Jones is going to play the first quarter of the first half, if, if Sills can make a couple catches or they look like they're in sync, I'm very happy with that whole situation to begin with. The, the second piece of it is with Adoree Jackson out, we've had a mixed bag from Rodarius Williams, and, and Roe Williams needs to show where he is in his progression. Can, if, if Adoree Jackson's out week one, Who's playing on the other side of Bradbury? It's a, probably a tall order for Rodarius to be that guy, but we need to know where he is in that progression. It may be too early for him, and that's fine. We can continue to move it along, but I want to see where he is after having a, a, a sluggish first week of the preseason. Second week was a little bit better. You know, practices, he's been he's been a rock star. Like, where where is he at? I want to know. That, yeah, and that's tricky, man, right? Like, because now we're talking about like a late round draft pick, and all of a sudden we're we're putting expectations on him, right? He's looked good in camp, and the idea is he's looked good in camp. Like, watch this guy kind of come on and be a little contributor throughout the year. Now all of a sudden we're saying, what if we what if we need to take on a number one or number two wide receiver at the NFL level? Would that be something you'd be interested in uh, to start the season with? So I think you're right. I do I do want to watch him. Look, that's important. And I'm probably going to look for Jackson, who they acquired via trade uh, with Yadam and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, just 
you know, he's there for special teams as we suspect, but he's in this room now. So these players are going to be important. Um, and then you even think about maybe you'll get a sample size of Julian Love, Logan Ryan. Like, how are some of these guys going to get flexed and, and utilized throughout the defense? And, and we'll we'll maybe get a gleam, although whatever the Giants plan is in lieu of maybe not risking a Dory Jackson here and just, you know, big picture. The Giants are going to expose some of like their secret plans for Xavier McKinney in the final preseason game. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? What you may not know is this guy's a freakish athlete, and we could basically line him outside, inside, safety, in the you know, anywhere we want, and we're going to go ahead and show off that. No, it's not going to happen. So that's the hard part, right? Radarius Williams, I think, is, is a nice one to look at though, and just say, Are are you are you learning? Are you picking it up? Right. Because that means that maybe you can be a contributor as we work through the year. Um, you know, you know, you- you mentioned you mentioned Jackson, you know, uh, Keon Crossin, who came in special yeah. teams is another guy. And and we love to he's the punching bag of all jokes. But like this is Sam Beal's last chance to like show that he has any kind of promise to make this roster. And so Adore Jackson being out actually you know, catapults those three who are probably fighting. Those three are actually probably fighting for one roster spot, m- maybe two. But like, I think it's really going to be one. So who's it going to be? That's going to be an intriguing piece of Adore Jackson being out is there's going to be tons of opportunities for them to show up and make plays. You know what? And if it's me, man, like all things being equal, Sam Beal, you're out there first. You're out there first. Right. right. Because you're you're the guy that has the theoretical biggest upside, potentially, if you could do it. And also the guy that if you can't do it, you're the first one out the door. We'll be holding on to the special teams contributors. We're going to keep these guys that we've brought in this year more recently. So I put Sam Beal out there immediately and say, this is your chance. Yeah, exactly. You got burned against third string. You got burned against third strings in the last game. That could have been, uh, you know, a one-off. How have you looked in practice? We're going to give you one more opportunity against ones to show whether or not you should be on this roster. And, and if he fails that test, it's a simple answer. It's, look, you couldn't cut it against the threes. You couldn't cut it against the ones. You were out for with injury year one. You opted out last year. We've never seen anything from you. And so all that promise it, you know, the goodwill is gone at this point. Right. And oh, so like, yeah, I, I think in the cornerback room, that's actually going to be something that, you know, the more we talk about it, the more interested I am in it. And then, you know, the last thing, and this is always going to be the last thing until we see otherwise is the offensive line. Like what is going to be out there in front of Daniel Jones? Because all of this, like, will we see Kadarius Tony? How does Daniel Jones look with Sills? You know, how does the running game look? All of that means literally nothing. If we can't keep Daniel Jones upright and we don't have the constant barrage of pressure and the plan that we've talked about Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge had going into, into the offseason, let's see if it's co- come true because the reports are Hernandez looks good in, in camp. He's looked relatively solid on the right side, which is surprising to me. I, I didn't know the switch would, would pay off. You know, Andrew Thomas has looked good. It looks like we're going to get some more of the starters out there. Like, let's see how this offensive line looks because ultimately that's what it comes down to. Oh, 100%, man, as we love to say. At the end of the day, like, this is going to be, without even without Saquon Barkley, but you want the offensive line, you want Daniel Jones, right? And you're still going to be able to have Darius Slayton. You can have some Sterling Shepard. You can have some Evan Ingram. Like, you're going to take a look at Sills. Like you said, like, there's still going to be more than enough here when this offensive unit walks out there. And I don't, we're not guaranteed if all of these guys are going to be, you know, Shepard, is Shepard going to play? We assume so. But all of these things that we think about, there's enough there. That all I want to see, this isn't about the, the you know, we took away that first preseason and we said, oh, Pert, 
All we didn't want to see was you look a little bit, you know, a little lost there, a little confused, right? The lack of mentioning of Andrew Thomas or Nick Gates in those games made us go, great. Like, I, I just don't want to hear them. You don't have to blow the doors off and be pancaking people on Sunday against the Patriots. No, just be serviceable. Give a- Daniel Jones time to assess. Let him get the ball out. I just want to see some nice crispness in this last dress rehearsal game. I think that that would be the validation of saying the joint practices. This is why we do them. The training camp, right? All these sessions. We have felt good about what we've seen. And here's a nice little few series shows off that we're ready to go. And no, we don't have every piece that we need, but we feel confident about it. And I think the offensive line just kind of affirming this idea, because remember, there could be a move. I'm not saying there won't be, but I think everyone kind of expected. Everyone was saying, watch out from 90 to 85, from 85 to 80, you're going to see offensive linemen. Everyone's calling to make trades. And then basically they didn't do anything. They brought in some veterans. They cleaned some things up. And we'll actually, we'll get into it when we come in next week. There were some very positives from the last preseason game in terms of how those backups performed. It's very simple, Adam. Much like referees, the less you hear offensive lineman being called by name in this game, the better. I don't want to know the name of the referee just as much as I don't want to hear Matt Pert's name being called every other play, either for a hold or a missed tackle or a sack or whatever it is. So the left here, similar to what happened with Andrew Thomas. No one talked about Andrew Thomas after the preseason game. Why? Because he looked good. And like he did his job and that's all you're asking for from the offensive line. Give me a whole lot of no news on the offensive line come after the Patriot game, and I will be a happy camper. Yep, that's that's all you want. Let's get through this thing. Let's feel good about what we're going to be able to accomplish out there, obviously. Uh, defensive side of the ball, you know, some linebackers will keep an eye on as well. But this is it, man. This is the last preseason game, the last official dress rehearsal. When we come back in next week, we'll be just two weeks out, right, and only a, a couple of days before the final 53 cut. So wildfire will spread. Next week, once they cut it down, we'll have the roster confirmed. We'll see if any moves do get made sometime early next week. In the meantime, follow us on social media, socials media. Follow us on social media at One Giant Podcast. You can, of course, follow us on YouTube as well. We'll be doing, we'll be ramping it up now as we get into the regular season and do some in-between coverage around the New York football giants and the matchup that they're going to have on a week-to-week basis. So be sure to check us out there. And that is Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.